Shalom Aleichem and welcome to Torah Talks, Chazak's Tuesday night programs with special guests. Tonight we have with us a very dear friend, Rabbi Avram Walken, Director of Chazak's Teens Divisions, a Mikariv for many years involved with Kirov in our communities and beyond. Rabbi Walken, welcome. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank uh, you. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we're not just friends. We're actually uh, relatives. We yep. work for the same organization, Baruch Hashem. Same boss for and, Hashem. Uh, yes, Hashem. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's an honor to be here. Baruch really Hashem. It's an honor to be here. The Walken, Mishvacha, and Chazag go hand in hand. Uh, Rav Aaron, my Rebbe, Zatzar, Rosh Hashiva, has been uh, literally since day one involved in Baruch Hashem. Uh, many years ago, Rav Aaron also got involved with the revolution. And tonight we're going to be talking about understanding our teenagers of today. Rabbi Walken deals with teenagers for many, many years. And uh, before we delve into tonight's topic, Rabbi Walken, we want to hear a little bit more about yourself. I know I already said everything. <laughs> but there's uh, you don't know how much there is to say. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot more, I know. But if you could tell us a little bit about uh, the great work uh, that you're involved with, what you, what you do, let us hear more about uh, J-Wave and, and, yes. and all that good stuff. Okay, so... First of all, it's a big source to be to be working with um, the Bukharian community and Chazak. And uh, I've been in Chinuch um, teaching children for like close to, what, 28, 29 years? Wow, well, almost yes, older than yes, yes, yes. That's why you notice all the black hair <laughs> on the beard. Um, Meaning not the age, it's because you're dealing with the community. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, needed to, I needed to age a little bit just so that I can give that presence, you know? Um, but uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been an amazing um, road for me for these uh, close to 30 years. Um, in, as I started at the age of 24, being, wow. a, being a Rebbe in a yeshiva called wow. Bilat Chaim, which was on Grand Central Parkway, and I was a newcomer. I was a newcomer. I it was straight out of Kolel. Uh, I was uh, privy to uh, many, many great rabbis, as in Chinuch myself. Um, I had I had Rabbi Reb Chaim Epstein, a big Rosh Hashiva. I had Reb Yisrael Zev Gustman. Big Godel in Eretz I was open to learn by uh, Doe Schwartzman in Kolel in Eretz So uh, those years were very, very telling and important years of growth um, for light ahead for me in, in Chinuch. Um, I saw great rabbis. I, I took a lot in from, uh, from their, not just their Torah learning, but from their mitos, from the way they, they dealt with students. And the way that they dealt with students, I mean, if I can come even to a little bit of what they've accomplished and what they've done, I would feel very, uh, you know, Zoha merited a lot for, uh, for getting to that level. Um, so, like I said, I started teaching Bukharian um, kids at the age of tw- uh, 24 in Yeshiva Kodinat Chaim on Grand Central. I taught there for 10 years. Um, I worked for an organization, NCSY, for uh, close to 17 years. And then I transferred over to um, to the Chazak for the past two, three years, two and a half years. More. And well, it's been, no, I've been involved, but let's say full time, oh, full time, okay. full time. <laughs> and um, and you know what? It's it's amazing how much I learned as the years pass. Um, it's amazing how much growth that not only I hope to have given to the students, but I've grown myself. And there's never an end to um, not just uh, a rebbe's um, what he gives over to his talmidim, but what he what he benefits from his Talmudah. You know, it says, Mi Talmudah Yoser Mi Kulam, that the greatest lessons that a person gets in, in Chinuch is not so much what he actually studies, but it's actually what, how, he, how he goes about taking what he studied and implementing it. So the greatest, uh, the greatest learning is the practice. So I've learned a lot, Baruch Hashem, and I, and I hope they've learned from me. 100%. I know for a fact, I'm an aide, I'm a witness yes. to the Talmud and to the students that Rabbi Walken has had over the years. And they're in touch with the rabbi. 
I could say basically more or less on a daily basis. Till 2, 3 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Baruch Hashem. I could, be, I could be laying in bed and I get a text. To even to I've the, seen it. And I've I get seen text, it myself. And you know yes. what? My wife sees the light go on in the room. <laughs> and she goes, who is that? I go, it's nothing. It's nothing. And, and I go out of the room and I'll, and I'll text my students. Unbelievable. Really that's will. called mysterious nefesh. That is called uh, giving of yourself. And the rabbi and the family have been doing that for all their life. And Hashem should God should continue to bless them with only good and, and, and happiness. So, Rabbi, we're going to jump into tonight's topic. Sure. Like we said, understanding our teenagers of today. So, the, the question for you, Rabbi Walken, is what challenges are today's teenagers facing? Uh, as opposed to, let's say, the teenagers from about 30 years ago when you were admitting them. Um, so, there's no question uh, that technology has played a tremendous role. And, you know, we all have it and we all talk about it. And we ourselves have a difficulty, you know, staying off, you know, that iPhone or that thing just because of the value that you could get um, in actual giving over Torah. But at the same time, there's, you know, the damages and the difficulties of, of cha- you know, channeling the good from the technology and uh, what's out there. So there's no question that the fact that, you know, people can reach locations that they never thought they could reach, you know, um, finding out what's going on in different countries, finding out what's going on in, in different people's lives and homes has created a tremendous challenge. And, you know, in my days, you lived in your location. I lived, I grew up in Kew Gardens, Kew Garden Hills. You had, right after school, you run home, you get on your bike, you get a blue ball, a punch ball, and that was your life, you know? <laughs> and if you were lucky, you had a stick ball too, you know? That wasn't used on you, no. Um, <laughs> but you had that, you had the stick, you had that, that wooden stick, and, and just the, sim- the simplicity of, of just enjoying the basics of, of just society and life was just, it was just endless. I mean, I'm telling you now, we would look out the window when it would get dark, how many minutes we have to ride our bike. Mm. And today, there's, I mean, there's a whole world out there that, and it's challenging, it's challenging. So, you know, everything that Hashem has made um, for good or for bad, there's always a, a flip side to it. And, and, you know, you can use something for good, obviously for Torah talks, you know, yeah, have me on, of course. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, to, you know to halftime shows that you that Kazakh ran that were amazing Torah halftime shows. There's a lot of good, but but with all that good, there comes the challenges. challenges and, 100%. and those challenges seem to be stronger because we are in Gullus. Mm. So it has to be stronger. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a Gullus. So there has to be, so there is opportunity for growth, but there is probably a little more opportunity to, to turn the other way. So that's, that's a big challenge that teens are facing. Um, I do believe that there is another challenge. You know, In my days, there was a certain respect that the rabbis had, that you have to have for the rabbis. Uh, the respect you have to have for teachers, uh, the respect that you have for elders. Uh, for even counselors and JCs, anyone that's above you, there was an understanding that you know you have a certain respect. Like if my rebbe would get upset at me, which happened very often, but <laughs> when my rebbe would get upset at me in class, I would be terrified to go home and tell my parents because I wouldn't want to get it again. <laughs> so it's like almost like oh my god, you would almost go, oh, please don't call that you yelled at me wow. because it would be today. It's almost like a rebbe just doesn't he just doesn't have the same power. Um, you know, I'm not telling you this is a universal thing, but it's almost like, you know, kids are given the right, I think, a little more than maybe, um, than maybe called for, and then it just weakens the Rebbe's, you know, strength and the teacher's strength and, and, um, and the authority to a certain degree. So I think there's a flip in that power struggle, 
of uh, between a, a, a authority and 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 the student. So I think that's a, that's a big challenge facing students also, where how much credence are you supposed to give to the authority above you? So, so the two challenges you say that we have in our generation, number one is technology, which is something that yes, everyone is I trying think to do. And I think everybody would agree, yeah. you know. Uh, the second one is a little testy a little bit because- Which is looking at authority having uh, covered respect to the, to the utmost that we had it, that right. we had it. So there is a little bit of that challenge, you know. You know, the fact that today a Rebbe or an authority could be questioned, not that they should never be questioned, of course, and not that everybody does the right thing, but I do think there is a little, maybe a little change in that authority where, where you know, where the, the rabbi doesn't have or the teacher doesn't have as much, you know, um, strength to, you know, to implement what he feels needs to be implemented. And, of course, like I said, there's, you know, different circumstances, and obviously many times, you know, a, a student has, has rights, and those rights are, are real, and, and they have to be, you know, you know, you know, checked into. But as a general rule, I've seen, I've seen that difference. I've seen that difference a little bit. So the solutions for the two challenges, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, with regards to technology, the importance of filters, and the timers on these devices. Timers, I think. You know what? Timers. Besides filters, because, you know, and I will tell you also, as much as you think this, your children don't have ways to get around things, so let me tell you, I've been surprised many times with my own children, my younger ones, of, you know, just like how much, how many ways there is to overcome. So you have to be aware. You have to be aware, you know, just don't think you put a filter on and that's the end of it, because... There's Limit the amount of time that they have with all these technical. That's that's and assets. that's you know. And in my days, there was no there was no internet, Nothing. there was no cable TV, there was no uh, iPhones. So like I said, you went on your bike, you played a little ball, you listened to a ball game here and there, and by ten eleven o'clock, you're done. Ten o'clock, you're done. So you, that meant that you went to sleep earlier. And right. if you went to sleep early, it means you, you got better sleep. You right. got better sleep, you were more able to focus in, 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 the, in the classroom setting. Right. So it's like a vicious cycle that it's not even so much, you know, the filtering, but like you said, the timing is, is also a very big issue because, you know, kids will say at 11, 12 o'clock, you know, I'm not watching anything bad or I'm not doing anything wrong, you know, but it's not, that's not the issue really. The issue is also, you know, the lack of sleep lack of concentration, you know, also no knowing that you're coming home to your technology affects you during the classroom time also, I've noticed. So what's the solution about the respect aspect of things? That's what a you... great question. So I do believe personally, I grew up in a very special home. My father, very big Salik, very big Rome. My grandfather, Marshall Wolkenschlita. Um, my family comes from very, very special rabbis and, and special Balmidos and, and Ohave Yisrael, special, special people. Shmuel Dabur, right? Yeah, my grandfather, Shmuel Dabur, was famous for his love for Kalal Yisrael, the work that he did with the Vat Hatzala, the work that he did for Kalal Yisrael. I mean, my, the work my father did was incredible and still does. Does, and Still right? does. I mean, I know, know the Talmudim had learned by him every amazing, single amazing, day. Amazing, absolutely. Single, yeah. And they never miss. And, yeah. they ne and my father never misses yeah, also, it. never misses. And that's something I learned from my father. I actually, take, I actually take pride in that. I remember for at least, I think it was nine years that I was a Rebbe in Binat Chaim, that I never missed one day of teaching. Never Amazing. missed. My wife had a baby uh, one morning. I, I, yeah. I, I could testify, Rabbi Walken had some sort of a surgery, and then the next day you see him walking in here. Like, that he, night, no, I he, he was supposed no, to take like a I, I, had a hip, I had a hip, I had a hip replacement four or five so months that's, ago. That's amazing. And uh, when I came home from the hospital at eight o'clock at night, nine thirty, I did my Zoom. So you grew up with this type Monsieur of a family. Savage. So, Monsieur Savage. So, so, so what, 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 do you, what do you suggest as like a solution for this lack of respect? 
for a thorn um, for being yeah. for teacher. I, I don't want to say lack of respect, but lack of respect on that higher right, level well, that so I that I witnessed how, how myself. Do we, how do we? How does par- how do parents or or, or, um, or teachers? I think it really boils down to the parents uh-huh. and to the you know Teaching. if they if they, if they Im- implement into their children. The, what it means a Rebbe, what it means a teacher, an English teacher, a math teacher, it doesn't make a difference. Religious subjects or English subjects, sec- secular subjects, you, sh- you teach your children that authority is king, that elders are king, and that doesn't mean they don't make mistakes, and that doesn't mean they always do the right thing, but it's a mindset, you know, it is a mindset. You know, my children always know that, you know, my wife is a very soft person. Wonderful, so I think we blend very nicely. Um, but, you know, we always, I always tell my children, that, you know what, that I want to discuss it with the Rebbe first. I, I, won't even, I don't even want to hear, I don't even want to hear sides. I want to talk to the Rebbe, I get a clarity of a situation. I mean, Brock, I'm having amazing, I've made kids, so I've never had that many issues. But, um, shout out to the kids. Shout out to the kids, <laughs> and, and give, credit, give credit to my wife, the who's in, yeah. really there most of the time. Um, and, um, but I want to tell you that, you know, I let my children know that to me, Rabbeim and teachers have complete, you know... Starts at home. Yeah, starts at home. And, and I will find out some stories if you bring up something that needs to be, uh, you, know, you know, delved into. But as a general, they know that. And when you know that, you have less complaints. Amazing. When you know that you have to think twice before you come home and tell me that this one yelled at me and this one said something to me. And that's not, God forbid, they should be scared of telling me. It's just, it's a mindset, you know, knowing that I'll, I won't just take complete either side. But I, like I said, I won't take either side right away. I want to hear from the, from the principal. I want to hear from the Rebbe's. Um, I will tell you, though, that I do have many students that would come to me during the course of my teachings about different rabbis or different teachers. Or if I was in the summertime, um, a head counselor Counsel. or a Rebbe counselor, um, kids would say, each kid would say, I had the most difficult Rebbe this year. I had the, the worst <laughs> Rebbe this year. And I would ask them seriously, I would say, let me ask you a question. Can you give me the three top kids in, your, in the class? They would usually mention pretty much the three, you know, they're all in the same, pretty much the same schools, you know. And um, they all came up with the same three names. I said, where would you say you're holding in the list? I said, I'm not trying to, God forbid, you know, you know question your, your ability or anything. I just want to know where you're holding. And they would say, well, probably somewhere, you know, towards, uh, you know, whatever, the bottom of the, of, the, of the class. No problem. I said, do you ever misbehave? A little bit. Do you ever call out? Yes. I said, do you ever not do your homework? Yes. Do you ever cause trouble in the class a little bit or a little disrespect? Yeah. I said, do the other three that are the top kids that the teacher never picks on, do they ever do it? No. So it's basically, it's very important to let a kid express it himself. And it's very important that the kid himself with his own mouth actually tells you, I hear what you're saying. And they, almost all the time you see them smile mm-hmm. and they go, I get it, Rebbe. Or, oh, I get yeah. it, I get it. Which is basically, you know, you bring out from the kid himself to understand, you know, if he needs correction in something, it's very important that they understand it themselves and they verbalize it themselves. Right, right. So instead of you forcing your opinion, they actually said it themselves. So, very smart. so that's Rabbi, very, yeah. very important. So, so let me ask you, what's the difference between the approaches of chinuch of parenting in the past and the, how do you say it in Yiddish, Altaheim? Altaheim. 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 And in the present. Uh, uh, I'm already up to the Altaheim already. Wow, wow, wow. Um, so I will tell you that, yes, People were firmer. I, I do. I do have to say that that 
you the know, potches were more. I, yes. Oh, I'm happy you said it about me. <laughs> but I, I used, I, I'm going to be honest, I used to get potched, and I deserved it. That was the key word. I deserved it. At least at that time, people did potch, you know, or this did give a little bit times. of. Yes, yeah, before your time. I hope it's before your time, not during your time. But, um, but, um, but they used to potch. And, I heard the story. And I'm telling you the truth. I would be scared to come home and tell my parents because I didn't want to get it again. <laughs> So I'm being honest with you. So, but again, and you know what, Baruch Hashem, I can honestly say dude, I have no baggage. I don't think I do for any of my, uh, uh, my therapist says, no. Um, but I, I don't think I have any baggage from, uh, from my childhood and my rabbeim. But there was, there was a, firmer, a firmer grasp of, of what they expected from you and how they dealt with it. Mm. Now, Baruch Hashem, I've never hit a student in my life. Baruch Hashem, have I ever gotten upset? I would, not recently, but I would say maybe when I first started, maybe I, I would know that the boys at the J Wave Teens Division, the Chazak uh, Teens Division, love Rabbi yeah, you know Walking. And you know what? Because they know I love them. And that's very important. I, that's another thing in Chinuch. Um Today, you need to show more love to, to the students, that, more than you had to I do in the past. And you know what? When a child feels that you care about him, then you, not only will you get more from that child, but it will stay with that child longer because. He looks, he views you as someone that truly cares about him. It's a very difficult thing for a student, a Talmud, whatever, or even a friend to, um, to value what you say if he doesn't believe 100% that you're in it for him, that you care about him. And that's also a big issue. There is that separation where a lot of times the students don't feel that the rabbis and teachers are there for them. And not that they're not for them, they just don't feel it. For whatever reason it is, they almost feel like if they could get through elementary school, if they can get through high school, they survived, they made it in life. When in reality, I try to train my, my students that not every teacher is the same, and not every rebbe is the same, and not everybody shows maybe the same warmth or love or approach that everybody else has. But if you understand that they're there for you at the end of the day, they're there for your future, an English teacher, um, a math teacher, a science teacher, a rebbe, a, a Muslim, halacha rebbe, they're there to give you knowledge that you can use one day for your future. It changes everything. It changes the attitude because not everyone's the same, like I said, but everyone's there to help you get to where you need to go in the future. And that's also very, very important. So I would say that the firmness of, um, of the past was it worked in those days. Um, today, you do need a softer approach. You do need, you know, I always tell my students, very pop, famous thing, I always tell my students, even when I sometimes tell them about Shabbos, Shabbat, and Tzitzit, and, and, and wearing a kippah in the street, when they're not even ready for it, I always tell them what I tell my own son to wear a kippah, what I tell my son that they must keep Shabbat, what I tell my son, they go, yes. So I go, well, I treat you like my son. And if they really believe that, it's a game changer. Because sometimes they're not ready to do it for Hashem, but they'll do it for the Rebbe that cares about them. And then they do it for Hashem. So, so there is that very Michelle, important those element. Those words of, you're my son, reminds me of uh, your brother. That's yes. He would always tell that to me. Oh, he would? Always tell wow. that to me. And uh, Imamish, I felt it like he treated me like a son. And, uh, and you know, and everyone that spoke to him, actually, when, when, he, when I was sitting Shiva for my brother... The people that called me and the words that they said to me was... It was the middle of COVID, just for a moment. Yes, uh, whoever didn't go to the... Not to avail them, so that's the reason, yeah. Um, but um, they said to me that I was like a son 
to your brother. But everyone said that to me. It was almost like, uh, like they felt literally they were miyuchin privately that, oh, me and your brother, we, he was like my father. He treated me like a son. You know, so um, so that's something that's very, very important. And I will tell you, it is a walking thing. It is a family yes, thing. Definitely. How that we treat, we, we, we treat, we treat others like our children. And when you do that, it's a different mindset, you know. But I will tell you the most important thing in Chinuch. I will tell you, I'm 54 years old. I know I look. Oh, a lot. you gave it away. I know I look a lot. I know I look a lot younger. younger. <laughs> really, people think I'm 64. But anyway, but I will tell you if that. You're watching this in 10 years from now. No, uh, no it's going to be on in 10 years. Um, but I will tell you that um, that the most important lesson that I've learned in the 54 years, or let's say 40 years of when I was, I think, mature enough to understand things, was that if a person he should leave his ego at the door. If a person could just learn to leave his ego at the door, uh, it, what it does for him and for the people around him is, is, is unbelievable because, number one, you don't expect a lot. Your, your ego's at the door. You don't take things personally. Uh, whatever comes your way that's good is a gift. Um, students that are challenging, it's not about you. You don't take it personal. You're able to handle something with a more clear understanding. So that's something actually over the last year, that I would say that I, I came to the one line, somebody asked me what would be the one line that we should all live by is if a person's able to leave his ego at the door, it, shalom bias wise, um, parent, teacher, everything, it, it falls into that category of, of growth. And, and if we could just work on that, it's not easy to do it, and it wasn't easy for me, and I'd say I'm still not working on it, but it just, it creates a lot of positive, you know, feedback from you to the person you're dealing with, and it also creates a lot of growth for the person. Andrew, like you said, stuff. you don't expect anything, so whatever happens... Is, 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 is yeah. right. If it's bad, then you work, then you just move on and you and you live with it. And if it's something good, what a gift that you got. So, so leaving your ego at the door, I think, is very, very important in dealing with everyone. Jew, non-Jew, it doesn't make a difference, but just to be... And then you become that type of person you have a chance to, to really elevate other, other people around you. So amazing, that's a very amazing thing. Rabbi Walk, and so many gems, so much chizik, so yes. much inspiration. Yes. We love it, love it, love it. So the question is that uh, how do we, how does one motivate uh, his children, teenagers, towards a love of Yiddish and love for Judaism? There is, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the teenagers are so busy with all this, like we said this before, technology, and they're busy with, uh, you know, many teenagers are busy with sports or, or busy with uh, a thousand and one different things. But, uh, you know, sometimes when it comes to Yiddish and Judaism, they feel a little bit of a, uh, you know. So I, I will tell you that, you, you, you know, being that is um, this Bechira in life, which is choice, freedom choice. of choice. And in order to get the rewards that Hashem, that God wants us to get, a person has to understand that it's not going to come for free. So it has to come with challenges. The greater the reward, the greater the challenge. The greater the reward, um, the more pushback you're going to get. I always use an example also, like a bow and arrow. I use this for prayer, actually. Like prayer is like, is like a bow and arrow. You know, the more you push back, the more struggle, the more the further the, the, arrow, the arrow goes. And, and that's... Wow. 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 know me. Wow. Yes, that is a wow. You know, it has to be a pushback for greater, for greater further distance in, uh, in anything in life. And that's the way Hashem wants it to be, and that's how Hashem created the world. Because if Hashem really wanted, He could have just had a person get all high and excited just by reading Torah, and it would be easy for him, or, or doing mitzvahs, it would be easy. But for whatever reason, Hashem wanted to actually put us in a situation where we have to, we have to earn it. 
And when you earn it, there's many benefits also because when you, when you fight for something and you have to earn it, it becomes part of you even you appreciate more. It. No, it becomes part of you. It becomes part of your nature. Easy come, easy go. It, yeah, because if it's not, if it was never a struggle, you miss it. If you lose it, it's not the end of the world. But if you have to work on it, you know, I use an example also for my students about Torah learning, actually, that Torah is compared to water, right? Mm -hmm. And how, we all know how do you really develop water. How do you get water? Originally, it's by digging wells. You know, that's how we did in the old days. They just turn on a faucet. But really, people had to, you know, to dig. Yeah, but your days? What? Not, oh, yeah, the Altaheim, the Altaheim, the Altaheim. Well, I'm going to really, I'm really, I'm really Asian. They're probably wondering, he's not really 54. Um, so, yeah, the, digging so, a well. So, when you, dig, when you dig in the ground, right, at the beginning, it's dirt. It's dirt. And you have to keep digging because you never know when that water is going to sprout out. You never know when, that, when you're going to hit payday, when that water is finally going to be, easy, you know, accessible. But the key is you keep digging and you keep digging and you keep digging until that water, until, you, until it sprouts. So, Torah is the same thing and, and everything in a way. Colors, 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 beautiful. Uh, you keep digging and digging until finally... You see the result of water coming out. So, so that's a big lesson, and that's one of the reasons why they say Torah actually and, and, and Judaism is, is compared to water. Because you have to dig and dig and dig until you finally get to the payros, you know, to the fruits of your labor. So, so I do believe that's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, very, it's very important that children know that challenges are good, they're okay, and they're normal. You know, that's also a very important thing. You know, a lot of times children feel resistance to, like you said, to Torah and mitzvot many times. But if they understand that that's okay, and they understand that that's part of the path, that's part of the road, then it makes it easier knowing that it's not just them. Mm. You know, the worst thing is when they feel that they have the issue, or, or I can't do what the other guy's doing. Look at him, look at me. He's already established in his, in his Yiddishkeit, in his Judaism. Where do I stand? How am I going to accomplish it? Know that the challenges are normal and they're healthy, and they're part of growth. That's what uh -huh. growth is. So, so it makes it easier. So that's a very important lesson I think children have to know. And, uh, and then, th then there's another side of, you know, we don't always have the right to do what we don't, you know, we find that it may be difficult, but that doesn't give you the permission to not have to do it. And I think that's also a big element that I tell my students. I said, you know, the Torah tells us things. And as a Jew, we're expected to, um, to listen to those things, whether we agree, whether we understand, whether we, we, we can grasp it. That doesn't put a person that he's a, God forbid, a bad person if he doesn't do it. But there are things that are expected from you. And, and, and I don't ever lose that to my students. I tell them straight up, you know, yes, you, you, you should be wearing tzitzis. Yeah, you should be wearing a yarmulke in the street or at home, and definitely. But in the street, you should be learning when you can. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not a good person or you're not, or you're not having difficulties doing it, but it doesn't give you a free pass because I didn't grow up that way or none of my friends do it or look at my, my, the rest of my family that may not be, you know, doing, you know, what, you know, what halacha is completely. But knowing that everyone's different also and everybody has different challenges, but it, it's not okay to just say nobody else does it. It's not okay to say that I'm not holding by it. It's okay to say that I'm going to try one day. It's okay to say that I'm working on myself. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But to just, you know, you know, put it under the rug that I just didn't grow up that way. I, to me, I, I'm very. I make my students know that you, know, you need to, you need to, you need to go further. You need to pull a little more. You need to try harder. And I'll help you. We'll help you. There's enough. There's enough good people out there that will help many people. But you got to look for those people and you got to search for them. So, so what's the best way? What do you say to motivate uh, children? 
towards the love for Yiddish well, towards the love of Judaism, what be, best ways? Obviously, as I would tell you, the number one thing is consistency at home. Mm. And, you know, it really starts with the parents. It uh. does, it does. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, my, I've had students tell me, he says, Rabbi, if you were brought up in a non-Jewish home, would you be Jewish? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, Hashem sent me unbelievable gifts that I was able to find him. That's true. But, you know, it does begin at home. And if you're brought up a certain way, you, there's a good tendency that you will follow that path to a certain degree. That doesn't mean people don't change. It doesn't mean people don't find their way either forward or backward. But, yes, the consistency at home is very, very important. Being an example. As parents, tremendous example. And, and I will tell you the number one mistake that I've been guilty myself at times you know, I hope to have, you know, worked on that, you know, obviously through my years of chinook and parenting is, is, um, is, um, showing, is saying one thing and doing another. And, you know, you know, showing, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Being an example. No, there's a word for it. Um, uh, anyway, you know, you know, don't say, don't, you know, do as I say and not as I do. Mm. It's a very difficult um, thing for parents especially because as your children grow older, you have to be a greater example for them. And some people have to understand that, yes, you'll have to make changes as a parent to, um, to make sure that your children are, 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 you are a good example it's for like your children. like the parents are screaming at the child. Stop right. screaming. Right. Like your tongue Correct. screaming. Or, the, or I'm an adult, so don't, you know, I'm allowed to. Mm. Or you're, you're a child here, please. No, it, it's when you show your children. Being you know, an example. Being an example. Being a good is, example. Is a very good example. It's positivity. And don't ever think that your children don't see. Because they do. Don't think that, oh, they don't understand. They're too young. They're, they're not that young. They're, they're, years later, I've had situations where my own children have said, Abba, but you said that once, or you did that once. I said, how did he know that? Because they do hear, and they do see. And just because they're scared, or they just don't feel the chutzpah to, to, to talk back, you, a person needs to you know, work on himself, for he wants his children to be a certain way. You know, and that's very important, very important. Powerful. Rabbi Walken, love the energy. Love I love, the it. I I love, love the what I do. I, I don't miss a day because oh, I love yeah. what I do. Amazing. I love what so, I do. Rabbi Walken, we're coming towards the end of the program. But before we end, we want to hear from you one final message, one last message for our broad audience, something that they could, they could, they could take home, something they could, you know... You know, there's a famous story from Moshe Feinstein, famous, famous story that, you know, he, he, once, he once mentioned, I saw it actually in a safer of his, actually, I'm not sure which one. I think he brings it down, believe it or not, in the Igris Moshe. I don't know where, but I know he brings I don't know wonder what topic or what halachic um, question he brought it up under. But he once said that why is it that the Holocaust survivors themselves, you know, they had, they came back to America and many of them stayed religious. And many of them fought for, for Yiddishkeit. And many of them lost their jobs weekly because they had to keep Shabbos. And many of them were actually, you know, most of nefesh on tremendous levels that no one should really be challenged with besides what they went through in the Holocaust, of course. But coming to America to keep Yiddishkeit alive, to keep their, their passion, their, their excitement, their, 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 their observance in Yiddishkeit, they, some of them did make it. Some of them kept strong. Yet the second generation of Holocaust survivors, you know, the, the, what, the children, the children they, they fell. He said, why did that happen? He said, how could that be if there was so much mysterious nefesh that was being done by parents to keep um, uh, the flame of Yiddishkeit alive? Why, what, what happened? So he says over, he says that parents would come home after losing jobs, and they would come home and they would Back say, in the day, they would work on Shabbat. Uh, they they would, if, they did, if they didn't work on Shabbat, they would get a pink slip, 
You don't come on, on Saturday, don't come on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they have to find every week again a job. And, and the challenges were tremendous. I mean, Baruch Hashem, I don't think we're put into that category because I don't know if we'd be able to handle that, handle that situation uh, if we were put in, the, in those situations. So he said because they would come home, and even though they kept the Shabbos, even though they kept torment to us, they would come home with, with the krechs. And they would say, oh, it's schwer to sein a yid. It's difficult to be a Jew in America. Oh, yeah. And there would constantly be that, that those words were reverberating through, through society, through their children, that even though we're doing it, but it's difficult for us. And it's not easy to be a Jew. And it's schwer to sein a yid. You need to show joy and flavor and happiness. You do as Hashem besimcha. Yes, yes. You know, it says, so the famous question is, Marbin Basilka, should be Marbin every day. Why? It should be only a particular month of the year, and this year Baruch Shalom, two months, Ooh. but only a particular month of the year, a person should be Marbin Basilka, be Marbin Basilka every single day. So I do believe that there is a certain hastara, there is a certain hiding, there is a certain darkness and gloom that can, that can, that can you know, come out in the months of Adr, which, is, which symbolizes in the story with Akash and Haman and the story of Purim, where there was a mister, there was a hiddenness. And from that, from that hiding, the person has to overcome it by adding more simple to his life. So this month, there is a, there is a, there is a concept of, of, nis, of nistaris, of hiddenness. And therefore, because there's that concept, the person has to work a little harder mm. to be Marbin Simcha. So, so sometimes in the most difficult times, when a parent comes home from a hard day of work, or he has a difficulty keeping certain things in halacha even, or he comes from a, from a din Torah where he lost. He comes from a din Torah, I've seen this many times. And for weeks, the parent walks around angry at the rabbi, angry at the other people involved, you know, almost getting upset at halacha to a certain degree. You know, it's not easy. You come home, you don't, you don't bring that difficulty to the house. You gotta bring joy. You gotta show the excitement of mitzvot. Don't always try to buy the cheapest law of an asterisk. Don't always try to get away with not buying an aliyah. Show your children proactiveness in your in your in your avodas Hashem, and your children will see that. And they'll see, wow, look at the, the joy that my that my parents have when they do a mitzvah. And they'll 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 want to say, I want to have that joy. I want to I want to have that simcha in my life. I want to give that over to my children. So I think that's a very important thing to Powerful do. To do mitzvot besimcha, to do the avodas Hashem besimcha through difficult times. Not easy sometimes, but when you do that, the reward you get not just in the next world, but even in this world is 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 is, is valuable, very valuable. Like Rabbi Walken always says, yes. wow. Wow. Yes. What you know what? Let me say, like, as I get older, I will tell you, though, that two years ago, I actually, I'll tell you an unbelievable story. Two years ago, I um, came to Shana, and I make the same promises every year for the last 40 About years. The and, and then, you know, does it last for a few weeks? I hope it does, you know. But it's the same, you know, every year you come, and every year you hope to do better, and every year you try to grow. I, I said to myself, I want to take upon myself a very, very important thing this year. I said, I need to know what I'm going to take upon that I'm going to sweep through the whole year. Sure. I thought something new, something different. So I made up that I'm going to spend more money on, on mitzvahs. That's what I made up, more money on aliyahs. I'll buy a more expensive lulav. I'll, I'll, I'll actually take where it hits you the most <laughs> and actually, you know, bring that into, 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 into mitzvahs and into avodah Hashem. So I remember Shabbos Tshuva of that year. 
I actually had 10 people, I have many people in my house for Shabbos, oh, yeah. as you know, 10, 15, Friday night, the afternoons, Shalashudis, Malava Malk, Our every, team's division, they always uh, say, Rabbi Wonkins, House Shabbat is the best, and I see the pictures with the meats and the and the, and the no, whole day. I, I like to the, post it. And so, the, so <laughs> I remember, so one Shabbos, my wife actually spent around $400, we were having like 10 guests, $450, I think it was, not, maybe not a lot, maybe it is a lot, I don't know. And I said to myself, you know what? I made up, I'm going to spend more because Hashem pays back for what you put on Shabbos. If Hashem pays back, why not? If a guy really believed that, if someone really believed that, he'd spend a lot more than he spends. But I said to myself, you know what? It wasn't even that so much, but I made up that I'm going to spend more. So I had around 10 guests for that Friday night meal and around seven Shabbos afternoon. So I went to Gourmet Glad in my neighborhood. It was like, shout it, out to it, Gourmet it was, Glad. Yes, shout <laughs> out to Gourmet Glad. I want 10% next time. No. Um, but I will tell you that I actually spent another, I think it was like $450, $500. Another five, I bought sushi platters, and, I, and then I went and I bought wine. The cover shop so The cover shop is Kaidish. And I remember it was 3 o'clock Shabbos afternoon, 3, 3 o'clock Friday afternoon, and I remember taking my credit card. And as I'm giving it, I'm saying, maybe you could put some stuff back. You know, you start saying, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, you know and, I, and yeah, and I said, you know, you put stuff on the side when no one's looking. And I said, you know, why am I spending so much money? I said, no, Avram, Shabbos Shuvah, at least Shabbos Shuvah. You made up that you're going to be more giving and Hashem pays back. Not a problem. So I remember that I, I gave the credit card. It was around 310. Shabbos was around 510, 530 at the time. And I remember giving, uh, giving my, my card, and I, I walked home, I, I came home to Simcha, I spent close to $1,000. You know, it's, it's money, Baruch and I have it, Baruch So I paid it, I get a phone call at around 4 o'clock from somebody by the name of Rabbi Weberman. Rabbi Weberman is a big tzaddik who goes around, and Erev Pesach, he collects from the community for the rabbis of the community, Harakaway, Lawrence. He collects monies so that you have extra monies for, for Pesach, you know, like a special gift for rabbis, Rabbeim, um, and Rav, Ravs. Anyway, so he, I get once a year from him, you know, a call, usually uh, three weeks before Pesach, two weeks before Pesach, come, pick up, something like, what is it, 1,500, 2,000, two and a half pence on the year, uh, extra just as a gift for Rabbeim for Pesach. I never get otherwise from him or from anybody else during the year. Calls me up an hour after I came home and says, leaves me a message, a text. I have something for you in my mailbox. I said, wow, I said, are you sure it's for me? He said, yes. I said, okay. I said, can I come by Matzei Shabbos? He said, yes. I come by, I pick it up. It was a check for $1,000. So the $1,000 that I spent <laughs> an hour earlier that I had a little, maybe, you know, a little harata, Hashem said, don't question. Rabbi, don't you question. Spent more. I, well, if I, if I would have known, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I tried it the next week, it didn't work. No, I'm just kidding. But um, but but I will tell you that you know what? You also you, you got to believe in the Mamari Chazal, and you know what? You give to mitzvahs. You you show children that you're spending money for mitzvahs. They'll grow up with a special pleasure for those mitzvahs. I think that's a, a very important thing for children also. Amazing final message, importance of being besimcha, always, always being happy. Besimcha. Do mitzvahs besimcha. Do mitzvahs besimcha with happiness. Uh, you know, even in the difficulties and the hardships, because Baruch God Almighty will repay us. Rabbi Walker, it was a pleasure. Always, it was an always honor. a pleasure. Yes, Shikach, Hazak, and, 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 and I have to, and I have to, for Hazak, shout out for Hazak for what they do, for for the opportunities that they've given me to be able to do my avoda, my work. Never, ever once, I have to say to you, that you or your brother Ravila Shlita, ever, you know, 
you know, even financially to say, oh, that's too much money, or maybe we shouldn't spend so much. When it comes to Kirov and Chinuch and bringing up children, you, Kalak, has been the greatest you know, influence on me the last few years. It's like Rav Walken's brother used to tell me all the time, it's just the beginning. <laughs> you're be doing big, bigger, bigger and better things with everyone's help watching. Are you and, saying you're calling back another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the rule is one, one chance per rabbi. I hear you saying good. You're saying good. But uh, Rabbi Walken really gave us such chizuk, such inspiration. We really appreciate it. We want to remind the crowd, the world, uh, to be part of Chazak's revolutionary uh, programming and events and shiurim and after-school programs and study school programs and teen division programs and yeshiva placement programs and everything else we're involved with. Uh, go visit givechazak.com. Be a part of the revolution. You heard uh, the importance of uh, being part of this uh, great... And, uh, if you, and if you have any questions regarding... Helping a child, yes. or if you know a child that needs help, please uh, call us any, or any emails way. anytime. Seven one eight two eight five nine one three two is the Chazak headquarters office number. That's seven one eight two eight five nine one three two, and uh, the email is info at Chazak with a Q. Right, the strengthening Queens where we're based out of and started, and the gradually expanding across the globe. Info at Chazak.org. We want to give a shout out to our friends at DailyGiving.org. Amazing organization where a dollar a day goes a very very far away supporting. Uh, many, many organizations does unbelievable great stuff. Shout out to TorahAnytime.com for being one of the hosts of this program. Baruch Hashem, we're on, I think, 20 different types of podcasts and social media, and I don't even know how far wow. this stuff goes, but I get feedback all the time. And, oh, right. Thank you, Natan Bar, for reminding me. Kazakhs in midst of an amazing raffle right now where people can win $100,000 where you yeah. could, uh, it's a win-win. You're supporting a great cause and you and are... You spend more money with that money to do mitzvahs, that's right? right? That's right. If you win, you can bring it back to Kazakh. <laughs> but uh, visit 100ksweepstakes.com slash Kazakh. 100ksweepstakes.com slash Kazakh. Be part of that as well. A lot going on and we want to do a lot more. If you have suggestions of uh, different rabbis that we haven't had on the Torah Talk, Please make sure to reach out to us as well. And that's that. We'll see you Tuesday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Rabbi Walken, once again, thank you very much. My pleasure. God, My pleasure. Torah. Be My pleasure. Be spreading thank Torah. You. And we'll see you all. Thank you.